Welcome to Socially Unacceptable, from f***ups to fame, the marketing podcast that celebrates the professional mishaps, mistakes and misjudgments while delivering valuable marketing and life lessons in the time it takes you to eat your lunch. Welcome back to Socially Acceptable. Um, this week, it's part two of our Social Media Trends um, webinar, which we're bringing live onto the podcast because we just felt there was a lot of content. So we've split it into two parts. Um, last week, we covered, um, if you haven't lis- listened to last week's episode, we covered everything from what went r- right in 2023 and what went wrong in 2023. Um, some hilarious predictions that we got right and some rather stupid predictions that we got wrong. But this week, we're going to talk about what is happening in 2024. So these are our predictions for this year. And Will is going to elaborate on this. And we're going to see if we can get it right this year. Will says 90 to 100%, but I'm still not convinced. That's right. Um, yeah, and this is the practical bit. You know, this, this is when we actually talk about some of those trends that you can actually start to incorporate into your marketing uh, for 2024. So let's start with... Um, Artificial intelligence, no surprise there. We, we talked about this a lot, haven't we? But we can't ignore this as a trend that's going to really start to... No, and we've got, we've got a great podcast um, with Andrew Bruce Smith on ant- mm-hmm. artificial intelligence that was really, really interesting. And then also Ant Cousins, which was only, only a few weeks back where we covered um, uh, in much more detail. We're going to get Ant back on it because he's the uh, head of AI and sort of strategy at Cision. Mm. He's a real expert in it. And it he adds some fascinating insights. Yeah, yeah there's a lot, a lot to think about. Um, so I'll start with a quote, a quote we like. Um, no no lack of hyperbole with this one. So Sundai Bakai, who's the CEO of Alphabet, said, AI, now you tell me if this is an exaggeration or not, Chris, AI is the most important thing humanity is working on, more profound than both fire and electricity. I have to say, they all said, didn't they say this about social media? I think they say it about everything, don't they? I mean, they probably said they probably said it about Vine, didn't they? Yeah. In 2016. Yeah. 2016, not 2016. But... Um, yeah, I mean, an interesting quote for sure. But I mean, I think one thing is for sure, um, we know we've heard a lot about AI, but we're going to keep on hearing about it in 2024, aren't yeah. we? Um, and um, I mean, before we go into it, a couple of things to point out. First of all, AI isn't actually that new, is it? Um, no. I think it's um, mid-50s. It can actually be traced back to some of the um, the kind of the origins of AI. Um and it's not actually intelligent either, is it? It's actually, um, it's actually only really as good as the prompts that you give it. And it works on um, other reductive or generative AI on existing data sets. So it can't think for itself, even though we feel like it might be able to sometimes. Mm. Anyway, um, so I think probably AI started reaching the mainstream um, in about November 22. And that was when ChatGPT launched. And yeah. that, you know, the technology existed, but I suppose ChatGPT is the equivalent of a search engine or something for AI, isn't it? And it really brought AI to the masses and everybody started using it. It's like AI's Google, wasn't it? Yeah. We, had, we had search engines before Google. We had Yahoo and mm. Bing. No, not Bing. We had um, what, Lycos, do you remember the little dog? Um, and then Google came ask out. Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves, that's <laughs> it. God, ask Jeeves. If you're still out there, Jeeves. Everyone used to always type, hello, Jeeves, can you please? It's yeah. like the weirdest way to yeah, ask. But then, but then Google came out and I think I think ChatGPT is, is, is artificial intelligence Google. Mm. Um, I think a misconception about AI, though, is that AI is ChatGPT, and actually that's not the case. And there must be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other mm. AI apps. And I think since ChatGPT came out, there's now hundreds of other apps doing everything from video creation, image creation, even voice cloning, which I must admit we've experimented with on the podcast. And yeah. it's a little bit frightening, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the audio one's brilliant. It's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So I think, yes, it's not new. Well, it is new, but it's not brand new for 2024. But what we're going to start seeing is 
greater and greater adoption, particularly amongst the marketing industry when it comes to AI. And in part, this is driven by this kind of wealth of um, new apps and and, uh, and websites and things like that that just make AI so, so easy. So, I mean, you look at Teams, you know, Teams has got AI plugins now, hasn't it? So mm. Autopilot, which is a massive favorite of ours at Prohibition, takes notes during your meeting, during your Teams meeting, and it's mm. so sophisticated and it saves hours and hours and hours of time, doesn't and it? And Copilot from Microsoft has now rolled out in the UK, it's, but it's £30 per user and you've got to sign up for 12 months. And to be honest with you, I don't think it's worth it yet. It's still, it's pretty good. We've tested it out and um, a friend of mine, Stuart Bruce, has shared a video on YouTube um, where you can generate a an, a deck straight from a Word document. Uh, and, and it is quite cool, but is it worth 360 quid per person? Not yet, but it's getting there. It's getting there. They've got some uh, costs to claw back, haven't they, after their billions and billions of uh, money they've invested in it. But I think um, marketing in particular, is going to really be impacted by AI. And I think there's a number of reasons for that. One is a lot of what we do in marketing is quite kind of resource heavy. There's lots of analysis. There's lots of um, there's lots of kind of admin type work. And the second point is um, we use data a lot, don't we, in marketing? And, and that's one of the massive advantages of AI. You know, you can take massive data sets and analyze them and pull insight from them, but much quicker through through AI. And I'll come on to some examples in a sec. Um so what does this actually mean for you as a marketer? Um, I think the important thing, first of all, is to to get out there and start using AI. Like I said, there's hundreds of different apps. You need to kind of, you need to get your head around it. You know, certainly use ChatGPT, but think about what else is out there and just start playing with apps and start getting a better understanding of, of what's out there. It's only then you can start to understand the use cases and start applying them to your day job. And really the areas we can save time tend to be those kind of admin heavy tasks so things like note taking things like media analysis and things like that but i mean a, a few other key areas that you know at prohibition for example we're using ai for I'd, I'd say content creation is a big one you know either writing papers blog posts white uh you know press releases and there's tools like obviously chat gpt write sonic which is a bit more kind of geared towards those in-depth technical papers but the point is, it's not going to be perfect. It's a starting point. It's, it's almost like getting an account executive to draft you a press release. Mm. You're always going to have to finesse it. You know, mm. you, you can never, you can never kind of create the. Yeah, uh, it, the it hallucinates. It makes stuff up as well, which you, you can't just you can't just trust that it's correct. That's right. I mean, that really ask, ask for sources and and then ask for links to the sources as well, because otherwise you could get hallucinations in your content. You've got to be careful there. It's just to start. You just like you double check uh, a junior member of the team's work. Yeah. Oh yeah, but it is a start for ten. I do find the, some of the content not to be. Well, it's just not as good as humans yet, I don't think. No, I mean, it's it's a tool, isn't it? I mean, that idea of hallucinations is interesting. It's like when we asked it to write the press release about you and it described you as uh, one of the leading minds in social media. Oh, and, Massive and, and, hallucination. Actually, actually, it sounds quite accurate. <laughs> and you can get a little bit more creative when it comes to AI as well. So one thing we love doing at Prohibition is actually uploading our press releases to um, to a, you know, a relevant AI tool and you can actually ask it to interrogate the press release as if it were a journalist and actually ask you difficult questions based on that press release. Or equally, you can upload a press release as a PDF and it will actually pose you crisis scenarios that you might encounter as a result of that press release. And this is something we would do anyway through our own experience, but it's a really great way of kind of adding additional um, thinking, I suppose, into 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 what we do. And then lots and lots of other benefits. I mean, brainstorming is something we can 
use uh, ChatGPT or other tools for coming up with. In fact, the the name of this podcast, socially unacceptable, is is a result of AI, isn't it? Yeah, we got it to generate ten names, and then we picked the one that we liked the best. Yeah, exactly. So. It's a tool that can drive efficiencies. And um, final point, um, if you hate uh, spreadsheets as much as I do, there is a really great tool called ChatGPT for Sheets. I think you have to pay for it, actually. But it's a Google Chrome plugin. So when you use Google Sheets, you can then ask it to do all the kind of complex um, formulas and analysis at the touch of a button. And actually, what you can do, you can do some really cool stuff with it. So if you've got a big spreadsheet of media coverage, you can actually ask it to analyze the URLs and give you sentiment or key messaging analysis. So in terms of, you know, take shaving hours and hours and hours off the kind of classic PR jobs that you have to do week in, week out, it can be really, really effective. Trend number two, threads. So um, who's on threads here? Pretty I much am. everyone. I am. I'm on threads. I'm all over it. Andy's putting his arm up. Andy's putting his arm in the air. Yeah, that's right. Zach. Zach's not heard of threads. Zach's on... Zach's too Gen Z. Yeah, Zach's much too Gen Z for that. Thanks for listening to the show. We pack it full of information and tips and advice to give you something to take away to your desks. But this little ditty is to remind you that we do real-life events as well. We do webinars, don't we, Will? We do. We do them quarterly-themed. We do about 12 to 15 a year. Correct. They're aimed at senior marketers. They're very value-orientated, aren't they? So they're And they're free! They are free, which is great. They last about an hour. And they're on the, the issues of the day, really, aren't they? We always do a trends one in January, which is really well subscribed. Yep. Um, later this year, for example, we're doing one on AI. We're doing one on link- next-generation LinkedIn use. Podcasting. Super practical. Very, very valuable in terms of the content we give. They do sell out, though, don't they? So yeah. we, we advertise those on our website. Visit prohibitionpr.co.uk and click on the events tab. They're free. You can sign up, come along. We'd love to have you on board because, you know, take your phone out of your pocket and, and join us on a webinar as well. Get to meet us. That'd be great. As I say, they do sell out. So sign up now. Where's Threads? Yeah, there you go. So Threads is an interesting one because, yeah, a lot of people are on it, but how many are actually active users? And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you're an active user. I'm not. Yep. That's no surprise. But th- Threads is all, all, like any social platform that comes out. When a new social platform comes out, what's the benefit you can offer you, your your users initially? Organic reach. And that's what Threads is doing. Threads has got scale and it's giving organic reach at the moment. It won't do it forever because it's owned by Meta, and that's its, that's mm. its business model. But if you want organic reach at the moment, Threads is a platform you can get it on. Yeah, and I think Threads is a funny one because it, it launched in July 2023. Big fanfare, got loads of media attention. Everyone on Instagram immediately had an account, so suddenly they've got 100 million signups in the first week or something, which was extraordinary. And then it, it kind of died a bit of a death, didn't it? P- people didn't really know how to use it. There wasn't much interesting content on there. People weren't really posting. And the features weren't that cool. Either. Yeah, there was, yeah. There, it was like a Twitter, but without some of the cooler cooler features. There's still not a Threads list like there's a Twitter mm. list. So, yeah. So people got a bit down on it. But actually, Meta being Meta have just been busy away in the background, yeah. investing, developing features. And it's starting to really grab people's attention and really start building up its um, active users. So there's... All sorts of things available now. There's a, a web version of it. There's a much more sophisticated keyword search. You can do voice posts. They're also integrating much better with um, with Instagram, if you've seen that. So every three or four posts you scroll through on Instagram, you then get a really enticing threads post mm. that you click on and takes you to the platform. Mm-hmm. 
So this is all happening in the background and this investment and these new features are continuing and continuing and it's starting to work actually. So in December 2023, it was the Apple Store's most downloaded app um, and active users month to month are increasing. So there's now 120 million active users. I think that was as of January. And That'll each be month the organic that's reach. That's yeah. what it is. People are going, hang on a minute, this is working. This platform's sending me traffic. What does this mean for you? Should you all um, go all in on threads? And we kind of warned you about the dangers of going all in on a platform before you've done that kind of market research and um, understanding your audience. And actually a great episode on customer understanding from Katie Tucker um, a while ago. So make sure you check that out. But the point is, Threads is potentially an exciting new channel to add to your mix. And it could be, against the context of Twitter or X in decline, be the new home for text-based content. But what we would say, as with everything, is you know look at your audience and look at your insights. So where are your customers and your prospects hanging out? They, they might be on Threads or they might be interested in Threads or they might not. And if they're not, then probably you should save your efforts for something else. But yeah, keep an eye on it get on the platform, understand how it works and keep on checking these features because this 120 million active users could be doubled or tripled in a few months and we you know, fully expect that to happen in 2024. Right, everyone's favourite platform at Prohibition, well, mine mine anyway, LinkedIn. So what do you think about LinkedIn, Chris? I think LinkedIn uh, has copycatted a lot of the other social channels. There's a lot of homogeny. Homogeny, is that a word? It's, it's become homogenous with the other platforms. But LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft and Microsoft own ChatGPT. They, they, they've they invested heavily in it. They own Teams. They own all the little bits and pieces that we use every single day. And I think LinkedIn is the B2B platform of choice and you get proper engagement. And it's where, mm. If you want to get leads from any platform, uh, especially if, if you're B2B, LinkedIn is the platform for it. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think LinkedIn for a long time has been the kind of unloved social network, hasn't it? But it's just been so busy in the background, innovating, developing the platform, introducing cool features. And, and that's really working now. Right. There's a billion users globally now of LinkedIn and something like 38 million um, in the UK alone. So it's really starting to get that scale, isn't it? Um, and you mentioned about lead gen, actually. It's the number one platform for B2B lead gen, which is pretty powerful when you think about it. Mm. You know, and it's, it's really dri- driving results for people. And anecdotally, when we've discussed this on our webinars, everybody's saying, look, this is where the lion's share of engagement is coming from. You know, yeah. We're getting such great engagement from LinkedIn. So you might be wondering what's kind of changed. I mean, nothing in particular. It's just this kind of constant innovation and development of new features. So they've changed the kind of the algorithm. So they've got more of a kind of a Twitter-like algorithm now, haven't they, where Mm. where you can post and then people outside of your network can actually see that. They've introduced this follow button as well where you don't actually have to connect with people. Mm. You can just kind of subscribe to their posts. They've, they've really kind of doubled down on the lead gen side of things. They've introduced organic and paid lead gen forms, which are driving really good results. Um, so, yeah, they're just doing some really cool stuff. Um, one of the big criticisms of LinkedIn that we've seen from a lot of people is that it's, it's lent a little bit too far towards being a personal platform. And I think there's only so many kind of holiday snaps and baby photos you can really deal with. I on think that it platform. did that during the, the pandemic. Mm. A lot of people, when they didn't have anything business related, there was people sharing pictures of what they were doing at home and et cetera. But... I think I think we've gone back to well business, normal business returned. I think yeah, and, the, and, and and encouragingly, LinkedIn's actually tweaking its algorithm, and they're now going to be prioritizing knowledge, what it calls knowledge and expertise content. So essentially, anyone sharing um, original viewpoints backed up with data, that content's going to increasingly work, and that content's going to increasingly rise to the top. So anyone that wants to use it to become a thought leader or a subject matter expert, you know, you're laughing. Just keep on doing that, basically. And then the final point, um, the you know the, the way the most innovative 
B2B brands are using LinkedIn is this kind of intersection between the way your employees use it and the way your company uses it. So most companies have now got a highly optimized corporate page, and that's great. But with any corporate page on any social network, organic reach and engagement starting to get throttled back because they want to sell you advertising. That's not the case with personal pages. And, and really, the lion's share of engagement is coming from individual accounts. So we do this at Prohibition quite well, and we advise a lot of clients about this. We need to be training our our people to basically talk about what they do in their day-to-day role um, authentically. We need to make sure their, their profiles appropriately tag up their companies, and we need to kind of give them the autonomy to do that. And we need this kind of optimized company presence and this combination of the two Mm. is where the real engagement and the Mm. real results is going to come from so look at your team as a chance to really kind of advocate your company so linkedin what does this mean for you um obviously keep using the platform it's great um but we need this kind of joined up company and team approach so train up your people to become company advocates in an authentic way and keep on doing what you're doing from a corporate presence I would say get creative on LinkedIn. I think you know the, the the days of having to do very dry corporate posts that are text only have gone, aren't they? You can yeah. do polls, you can do videos, you can do um, carousels, you can do documents that you can scroll through. There's so much cool stuff on LinkedIn now. Um, and also, if you're not, use LinkedIn for your lead gen because it, you know it, it's really going to drive results for you. Yeah. Next point, and again, maybe not a surprise for anyone that listens to this podcast regularly, but. Um, Business podcasting has got to be a big trend, but it's not just pod. I mean, podcasting isn't new, is it? It's been around forever, but traditionally it tends to be audio only. Um, and really, what we're seeing, and this is something we're really driving at Prohibition, is um, the kind of the evolution of the podcast into something altogether a little bit different. And it's yeah. you know, it's really it's really now um, a kind of an integrated medium, isn't it? It's not just audio; it can be long-form video it can be short-form video snackable social media content it can be long-form written content and one hour's podcast can give you so much amazing engaging content that Mm. can really support your um, Mm. your your goals as a business in terms of those um, benefits when it comes to business podcasting it's really about trust building trust and building credibility i mean there's a few stats here i'll talk through um which which are pretty compelling so 80 percent of listeners will stick around for the entire podcast episode which is fascinating you know what other does content? that mean 20 percent have just stopped listening to you and yeah, well, it off. Like, well i think ours i think i'd like to say our stats are 100 percent. are they not chris <laughs> there he goes with these hundred yeah, percent absolutely um but the point is what other medium can you get an hour's worth of audience attention mm. you know you think about a social media ad or even a blog post you're looking at a few seconds to a few minutes mm-hmm. aren't you um 77 of marketers um swear by podcasts as their most efficient content for lead gen so it's driving real business results and then 43 percent of b2b decision makers regularly tune into podcasts for their business related content so if you're a business and you've got some sort of expertise podcasting absolutely presents an opportunity done properly though it has to be done properly and a lot of people i'd love to know what the statistics are on just audio podcasts because there is a lot of podcasts out there that are just purely audio i mean ours is um you know we've got multiple cameras um, and we do it. We do it video, and we do it audio. But I think what you're saying there is like integrated podcasting is is the future. It's, yeah, it's what it's the stuff you're seeing on all the different social channels, isn't it? Yeah, I mean our, our approach at Prohibition that we've developed um, three stages. First stage is um, insight led um, concept creation. So we use insight tools to find that kind of content white space, if you like, whereby we can come up with a concept that nobody else is talking about. It's really going to resonate with our target audience. And don't underestimate the importance of doing that. We then do this kind of integrated 
creation of the podcast. We film it, we take stills, we um, you know, we do mm. a high quality audio, but then it's the amplification as well. So it's yeah. taking all of those assets. And that's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a huge bit. amount of work, but that's what's going to then get you the results. And really it's that three-parter. You can't just record a couple of podcasts and hope people find it. It just doesn't work like that. No, record it and they will come is not is not a not a good thing to say because it doesn't work. No, even no. And this is a journey we've gone through at Prohibition. Interestingly enough, something like 78% of podcasts don't actually last beyond five episodes as well, which I find shocking so we've really stuck at it at prohibition we've got this really kind of focused um concept we really focus on the kind of the high quality delivery and we amplify the hell out of it don't we and it's and it's really given us good results hasn't it yeah but it's been hard bloody work like mm. to amplify a podcast to get so if you if you're there thinking actually we'd love to get our thought leaders in the business to, to get a podcast to give you some some idea of scale we've been doing this for ourselves and for some of our clients and um this podcast that we're doing that you're listening to and thanks for listening because we appreciate every single one of you um you're one of thirty four thousand um subscribers that we've currently got that's taken quite a bit of undertaking on lots of different key learnings everything in marketing is about data and learning and I've, i have been through every strategy every blog post every strategy that you could read i've tested um on our own podcast and on some of our customer ones just to see what would work so we've got like a, a magic formula mm. not I and mean, you have to have a great concept and good people for your, for your podcast you can't just like you say create two and expect people to turn yeah, up exactly but right. if you have got a good concept that's well thought through and you've got it's slightly different and it's well researched and you put maybe five you could do five to ten episodes um and then market the hell out of them and and you could yeah you could you could you could have fifty thousand downloads within eight mm. months i'd say mm. yeah which is good and it's really supercharged our content marketing hasn't it i mean it's just extraordinary the amount of brilliant content we get from a single episode um so what does this actually mean for you um first of all it's a chance to look at those subject matter experts within your business and actually um get more from them you know you might already write white papers you might already do the odd media interview and we know it's hard to get time with those subject matter experts one single hour podcast can give you a month's worth of content around that individual so yeah it's about using those subject matter experts more smartly it's a chance to grow your brand trust and authority i think there can't be any brands out there that don't want to you know don't want to grow those areas and also supercharge um, and support your lead generation efforts. So massive, massive benefits. But Chris is right. You need to commit to a, to a minimum, um, you know, minimum five to 10 episodes to yeah. get anywhere, to get any traction. The demise of Twitter. There's a, there's a Mark Twain quote, isn't there? Rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated, which made me think of Twitter or X. Um, they haven't been exaggerated on this case. Well, it, well that's the debate, isn't it? Is, is that actually the case? Um, I mean, Chris has already given a bit of context around this. Um, since Elon took over, all sorts of rumors in the media, misinformation, suddenly people are going to be charged $5 a month or whatever it is. Lots and lots of um, discussion about, you know, is it is it a right-wing platform? Is it a left-wing platform? What's he doing? This has affected advertising revenue, active users. That's all on the slide. Um, but in our view, um, we should stick with it um, to a degree. If it's already a key channel for you, you know, you shouldn't just chuck it away and i think there's been a lot of talking a lot the, of people we know a lot of people i know have, have, have binned it off I, I feel there's a danger of you know the, being in the social media bubble um yes there is a lot of people that are binning it off but actually by and large it, it is still quite a quite a handy platform i mean it's the de facto platform for journalists yeah. still in the medical profession pharmaceutical educational um news it's still the platform despite people saying all the things of yeah. jump off it yeah you're right and it's still got scale um i would say stick with it for now 
you know, don't 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 throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, but is that even a phrase? What the fuck? I would say stick with it for now. But again, it comes back to um, it comes back to where your audience um, are hanging out, doesn't it? You know, like I said, we live in this social media bubble where lots of people are abandoning it and heading for different channels that may or may not ever become anything. But actually, do a bit of persona research. Are your audience still on Twitter? If they're not, then why are you? But chances are they they may be on it. And also look at how you use Twitter. And really, this comes down to kind of um, a nuanced channel strategy, which we talk about a lot. You shouldn't be using every channel in the same way, should you? Each channel's yeah. different algorithms. It's different types of content. Are different audience, yeah. different target, different strategy. Yeah, exactly. And because of all of the changes on Twitter, it's probably an opportunity to look at how you use it. You know, is it that you shift it towards just customer service or do you shift it towards just broadcasting news? So it's a chance to take stock and look at how you use the channels and where your audience are. But don't um, bin it off quite yet, uh, we would say. Watch this space. The evolution of Facebook advertising or meta advertising, if you like. So for anyone that's been advertising on meta for a few years, it's been a bit of a turbulent ride, hasn't it? I think oh, God, yeah. what used to work doesn't work and it changes every week and your your 10 to 1 ROAS suddenly reduces to... Uh, one you know, to one yeah, in 10. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's been tough. And I think it started in... 2020, Apple introduced, I think it was the iOS 14 update, which basically meant that Meta um, couldn't get any kind of personalization data from um, iPhone devices, which represents a huge amount of um, Meta users. And that meant that just like I said, ROAS dropped off a cliff. We uh, Our kind of previously highly targeted audiences became incredibly vague. But Apple's downloads doubled overnight and they, their revenues went up. Yeah, and Apple's still at it. I mean, there's iOS 17 now, and that's um, Apple calls it link tracking protection, which means advertisers can't now track user clicks from Safari and Mail. So we're not going to be able to track any referrals from um, from any, anybody browsing on an iPhone. So this is not going away, no. and, it, and it's going to and it's going to stay with it's us. It's all about privacy, Will. It's all about privacy. Well, it is. It is, um, and it's there's a bit of a political battle going on in the background there as well, isn't there, between um, Meta and Apple, but. This uh, consequently has meant that a lot of advertisers have started to turn their back or lose faith in Meta as an effective advertising medium. But obviously, Meta being Meta, they've addressed it and they've, they, they've introduced a number of new technologies which are developing, shall we say, mm. as we speak. Um, one of them is Meta Advantage Plus, which is a, a kind of an automated AI-driven audience targeting service, um, which Meta actually, which sounds very compelling, estimates it could lower CPR by 33%. We have, uh, we've tested it and it, do, it, does, it does work. And mm. it, it, what it means is the old days of targeting, you, you know, choosing your target audience, making it really refined, doing multiple testing to multiple audiences, use Advantage Plus and it uses mm. the content to target to the right audience, which is interesting. It's using AI, you've got to, but then you've got to le- le- leave it and trust it. Meta's actually pledged $30 billion in the next year to develop Advantage Plus. So there's going to be a whole load of new changes and developments. And it's probably going to get better and better. Prohibition's position is slightly different. We'd recommend a three-stranded approach, which is getting us a lot of success on Meta advertising. So by all means, use Meta Advantage Plus. You know, you should be using that and should be experimenting with that. However, also target your audience very, very broadly. And this is a slightly different approach, but we would recommend very, very broad audience targeting, but very, very specific creative. So make your creative so specific to your product or service, whether it's a video, whether it's an image, um, that nobody's going to click on it unless they're interested in what you've got to sell. So naturally, you're filtering out your audience through your creative. And that then gives you a 
warm audience you can retarget to. So it's a three-stranded approach. Um, Meta Advantage Plus, targeting through your creative and retargeting. And we find that is highly effective. Check out the podcast we did with Josh Lakovic, which was all about targeting and Advantage Plus. It was quite interesting, that. So... We've got to the end. Final one. Which is, I which bet you're is delighted, the, uh, aren't you? This is the you're one. You're in the gym. You're like, oh my God, thank God yeah. for that. So this is um, this is a bit of a fun one. So in the last year, we've seen this massive rise in um, what we'd call celebrities taking back control, mm. which cynically means um, a self-produced, self-funded, and in some cases self-broadcast documentary telling their own truth, shall we say, um, in a way whereby there's no negative, uh, n- no negative narratives, and, and we've seen this from so many people. Famously, Harry and Meghan did it. The Beckhams have done it, um, largely to largely to you know a warm audience reception. I Rob- thought Beckham did a good job. Beckham's team did a good job of it. They, they managed to skirt over the affair and bits and pieces well, that they it. didn't it's, want to talk it, about. It's, it's their it's their version of the truth, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Truth. Robbie Williams, which was a bit of a warts and all, actually, if you saw that. I wish he just got out of his pants in that and put some clothes on. Not out of his pants, obviously. That's, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, sorry about that. I mean, I wish he'd put his clothes on because he was in his blooming. He was sat on his bed the whole the whole documentary, wasn't very, he? Um, it's very weird. Very troubled man. But I do um, like Robbie Williams. Yeah, I thought it was quite enlightening. Uh, Beyonce's done it. Taylor Swift has done it. But essentially, they're they're self producing these these documentaries and they're. Um, and they're bypassing the PR people, aren't they? Or, yeah. or rather, no, sorry. The PR people are actually running running the the, the Netflix film teams. Yeah, that, sorry, they're bypassing the traditional media, um, and generally the public receive these pretty well, and and, and generally the media receive it fairly. Tyson well as Fury well. as well. Yeah, I mean that was that was. Um, yeah, that was a warts and all. Y- yeah, you uh, really did see how how he struggles with. He mental actually regretted. Health. He said he regretted it. I, I, thought, I felt quite me. sorry for him where he was sat in Morecambe Bay. He was sat on on the beachfront. I used to live there, and he was sat he sat on the seafront. And somebody just walked up to him and started giving him a, saying, "Joshua would you know beat you easily." And he was like, "Who is that?" <laughs> just people walking up to me giving abuse. It's like. Mm. It, just because you're famous, I, I did. I felt it made me see a slightly different side to Tyson Fury than him just bigging himself up all the time. So you might be wondering what this actually means for brands, um, and what's it actually got to do with social media as well. So, from our perspective, this comes back to the opportunity and the importance of engaging storytelling as a brand. And just in the way that these celebrities are telling their truths or their stories, we believe as a brand, every brand's got an interesting story. You know, whatever sector you're in, whatever you do. It's about storytelling and people have always wanted to hear stories about brands. So find your stories and tell them in an engaging way. And also find those when you tell your story. I mean, this can be through video content. It can be hosted on your website, on your social channels. Find out, find those interesting, engaging characters within your business as well, because people connect with people at the end of the day. And it doesn't have to be your chief finance officer. It doesn't have to be your chief exec. In in fact, it probably shouldn't be your chief exec. It could be um, one of your field staff, it could be one of your customer service team um, that are in middle management and just connect with people who are engaging. And this is something we're doing an awful lot of with our clients. It's, it's telling the stories of their brands, but in a really entertaining, engaging way. So um, yeah, it really comes back to storytelling, um, as it always has been about storytelling. So what does this mean for you? Um, yeah, find the heroes in your business. Every business has these engaging heroes that have the potential to connect with prospects connect with audiences um and don't necessarily default to a load of people in suits um, presenting your corporate story from a very dry perspective embrace storytelling as the powerful creative communication tool it is 
and also look at how we can kind of tell these stories through premium content and typically um, in today's uh, kind of landscape that is video content. So check out the latest Netflix film, Willock and the Movie. It's coming out in June 2024. It's very short. And Unlike not, Will. And not particularly interesting. Okay. Um, so lo- <laughs> not lots and lots interesting. Cut that out. <laughs> I like that. Keep that in. So a quick summary, um, and then we'll let you get on with working out how you're going to incorporate these trends into your strategy. The trends, a recap. What have we got at number one, Chris? AI. Number two. The LinkedIn boom. Followed by... Threads. With... A demise of Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need the music. Yeah, this is good, yeah. Next generation business podcasting, the evolution of Facebook advertising, and finally, Chris... Controlling the narrative. Very good. So, So, Will Ockend in the movie, out June 2024. Yeah, you you watch it. (laughs) You Um, watch it. There's a strap. So, you might be overwhelmed. That's absolutely fine. You might be thinking, I really like some of these trends. What am I actually going to do to incorporate these into my strategy? So... The first step we would recommend is revisit your social strategy, first of all. Actually, we did a survey with marketing directors recently, and something like 70% had reviewed or revised their strategy in the last three months, yeah, which is mass- absolutely brilliant. That was yesterday we did that, yeah. and we got a massive um, a massive resounding. They'd reviewed it in three months. I was like bowled over by that. It was impressive. Yeah. If your strategy is more than a year old, you haven't got a strategy, is, yeah. is the way to view it. Also, look at your audience personas and refresh those. You audience behaviors change so rapidly particularly in the world of social media so every six months or so just refresh your audience personas and think okay what are they interested in where are they hanging out what's changing and then identify some of those trends that you can incorporate into your strategy and experiment with them on a test and learn don't go all in straight away because you're going to waste a lot of time and effort if they don't work if they do work um Do more of them. Do more of what works, less of what doesn't work. And constantly measure and refine and be guided by the data in terms of what's actually moving the dial in terms of your marketing objectives. Great. Well, thanks for that, Will. That was fascinating. I think everybody will have enjoyed that, part one and part two. If you've listened to both, big gold star. Um, Thanks for listening. Um, As I said, this is our most popular event and we've split it into two parts because there's just so much interesting content that's happened in the previous 12 months and what we're predicting that's going to happen this year. Um, Let us know in the comments and, you know, send your emails in to sociallyua at prohibitionpr.co.uk because we'd love to hear what you think is going to be the big thing for 2024. Um, And that's the end of this this week's show. So um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and we will see you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Socially Unacceptable. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Don't forget to follow us on social media on Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn at Prohibition PR and Twitter at Socially UA. We would love to hear some of your career fuck-ups so we can share them on the show. For more information on the show, search Prohibition PR in your search engine and click on podcasts. Until next time, please keep pushing the boundaries and embracing the socially unacceptable. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the endless cycle of social media updates? Feeling like you're shouting into the abyss without any true engagement or impact? Imagine if your social media efforts could be streamlined, targeted and effective, where each post you make resonates with your core audience and builds your brand effortlessly. Introducing Social360, our comprehensive social media audit and strategy program designed to turn your online presence into a powerful, engaging and rewarding experience. With Social360, you'll learn how to craft impactful content, engage with your audience more authentically 
authentically and see all real results in your engagement and reach. If you'd like to find out more about whether the Prohibition 360 is the right fit for your social media goals, then I invite you to use the link in the show notes to book a 30-minute strategy call with me. During that call, you and I will work on your social media strategy and objectives, and leaving it, you will have a custom recommendation for your social media strategy in 2024. So just click the link in the podcast and I'll see you there.